Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. Hey. Everybody's podcasting at me. <laughs> uh, minute 77 through 80. This segment starts with Lieutenant Dan sliding down an icy hill in his wheelchair. This Terrible. Movie. And ends with uh, Lieutenant Dan and Forrest meeting some ladies. Uh, so, guys, right away, this segment, we kind of talked last week about how there's like kind of the like sitcom-y, uh, you know, is that Lieutenant Dan? Uh, that is! Uh, now we are every, full pratfall. Every, so not only like Vietnam vet stereotypes, like every uh, pre-Giuliani new york stereotype is all wrapped up in this segment you yes. get you you just get like you know the disgruntled long-haired angry veteran mixed with like gritty times square stuff it is not great yes um Hollywood 70s really, new york city is terrifying from movies yeah they really i was gonna say they hollywood really got a lot of uh mileage out of making new york seem like the scariest place on the planet I mean a lot I mean it like for a long time right like essentially from like what like 70s through up until 911 probably that was like the general uh, outside of home alone <laughs> I mean like yeah like the earliest probably was like like that kind of taxi driver stuff in the mid 70s yep. or I guess midnight cowboy was first so that'd be like late 60s yep and then I yeah up and I mean, it was literally even like the Warriors is New York. Oh yeah, I mean even like Ghostbusters has some parts where it just kind of make New York seem like gritty and grimy and just, and that's obviously more in nicer parts of New York. But yeah, it made <laughs> like a hell on earth is how most movies made New York appear. And I didn't go to New York until I mean obviously I'm not old enough anyways, but I didn't go to New York till I was much older anyways and well past that like. Is that how how you know like I obviously like the murder rates were insanely high in like the late eighties early nineties in New York but like how true is this sort of like view of New York I mean there has to be some truth to it Well let's ask a few Midwesterners who've barely ever been there about <laughs> yeah. it Yeah I was there in two thousand eight <laughs> How was it How was it and, uh, About seven years into there not being any civil li- liberties and a raci- yeah. racist reign of terror from the police yeah. department. <laughs> uh, well, Times Square was no longer full of porno theaters and Times drugs. Times Square is terrible. And now it was, uh, at that point, there was still Tower Records and the M&M store. M&M and store, yeah. A bunch of people in costumes trying to get you to take a photo with them. Yeah, I when, I in- there, uh, when I went there... Uh, a few years ago, it was like you, you couldn't drive through Times Square anymore. It was all like residential, not residential, but like walking. Residential. Yes. It's all single family Res- homes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, as with anything, um, the murder rate, I mean, obviously the numbers don't lie to a certain extent, but like I'll say this I think the people who are the most freaked out about it were the least likely to be murdered. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, there's like this, even like, you know, Scorsese's After Hours, which is like in the mid 80s, is another like, gosh, New York is scary and weird at night. Um, 
I will I will go out on a limb and say that most people of the socioeconomic status listening to this podcast would be fine. Um. So, uh, this Lieutenant Dan Prattfall. I mean, Terrible. I'll. I'll be honest, I don't even think I had any memory of this until, like, going through it at this, like, four minutes at a time. His his wheelchair, after meeting Forrest for the first time in a while, just suddenly starts slipping down the ice, icy ramp. Forrest makes no move to help him. This guy's got a Congressional Medal of Honor. Not this anymore. guy's saved you. Good point. See, he lost his, his heroism. You, you know what, though? <laughs> it's like Wizard of Oz. He doesn't. <laughs> he yeah. needed to get a, a medal or whatever. I think uh, now you got a lawsuit against Dick Cavett. That thing was not salted. <laughs> no. Well, how did he? Yeah. I mean, how did he get up there? I doubt he took the stairs. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. He just slides all the way down. It <laughs> is. He went up there in the fall before it got icy. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been camping out. <laughs> it. Uh, it's sitcom-esque as he slides down, and we don't even, like, I mean, thankfully we don't, but, like, there's, it's just off-screen, you hear garbage cans, like, being hit, and, like, Forrest, like, yelling Lieutenant Dan. It is the worst part of the whole movie. It is absurd. and It is and also it, absurd because, first off, I'm going to say something nice in that I think Gary Sinise is great in this sequence. Yes. He is doing... Everything he can. (laughs) He's doing everything he can, but in a script about Vietnam written by, written and directed by people who could not be more far removed. These are people who like got deferments to go to film school. Yeah. He was just happy to have so much hair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what it reminds me of in some ways? Not, not that they're equivalent, but like in, um, in Empire Strikes Back when Yoda falls off Luke. Yeah, like during the, the, t- the during the deck, <laughs> that sort of reminds me with yeah, well, that's, a, that, that's that that but that's a movie with a puppet voiced by the guy who did Miss Piggy. So I think we could say it's okay. So, and the thing about this is, I don't, I honestly don't know if it's intended for a laugh or not. I. It absolutely are, is. What else is it intended to? I are we supposed to all of a sudden be like, oh no, Lieutenant? Like, is it supposed to be like? <laughs> it's suspense? literally us supposed to be laughing at a guy in a wheelchair falling. <laughs> and that's there, all, there's nothing more to it and, than that. And that's all the more weird because this is where again, like, we get our first glimpse of how America treats its veterans, and yep. it's like wacky broad shtick <laughs> then the movie I mean, laughs at them i mean forrest makes like forrest doesn't say like he watches him well listen we gotta do? we gotta time this out at he starts sliding <laughs> down the he's ice he's not gonna be able to catch him yeah he's fairness. not gonna be able to catch him no, i just hold on let me just let me just make sure we know this he slides down the ice for eight seconds, and that is when finally doesn't Forrest last. is no like, way. It doesn't <laughs> absolutely, for does eight it? seconds, right. Lieutenant Dan is slipping and sliding all over the ice. Doesn't he and spin only... all the way around, too? <laughs> yes! <laughs> only... I can't all right, believe I'm, this. You guys keep going. I'm reviewing the o- tape. Only, only after like seven or eight seconds that he's like slipping and sliding, and he's about to hit a... He hits a garbage can that Forrest Gump is like, Lieutenant Dan! <laughs> 
like you totally. <laughs> I feel like this is like one step away from just having like a really bad dummy and throwing it and then filming that and flying through the air. Can confirm it's eight seconds. Uh, the real tragedy is he loses his cigarette. I think over the course of the, the slide, that's like a perfectly this, good. Uh, do you remember on on uh? Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Whenever jazz would be thrown out of the house, like that's the type of thing that yes. this is up there with. Uh, yeah, it's essentially isn't eight seconds like how long you're supposed to last on a bull when you're bull riding. That's essentially what's happening as he's sliding down. <laughs> it's sliding down. So wheelchair. <laughs> so we've we're reintroduced to Lieutenant Dan, and already he is just undignified and the butt of jokes. I'm surprised this colostomy bag didn't spill open. Uh, <sighs> So, um, Gump, my catheter came out. <laughs> Duff, Gump, we got you some. Music. You happen to have any Vaseline on? Oh. <laughs> we got some music time here, Duff. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, in a movie full of lazy music cues, possibly the laziest. <laughs> yes. Even though the uh, song owns. We have everybody's talking, uh, sung by Harry Nielsen. Nelson, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I think it's Nelson. Um, most famously from Midnight Cowboy in 1969. Uh, this is a song uh, originally written and recorded by someone named Fred Neal, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, it was released in 1967 and did not crack the top 100. Uh, Harry Nielsen put it on, I don't know if it was his first album. I forget. No, to check. it was uh, Nielsen Smielsen. It was not Neil Schmiel. It was Schmiel. not Nielsen Schmiel. It was Ariel something. Ariel Ballet. Ariel wow. Ballet. Um, You're right. So You're right. I'm wrong. It's okay. I'm wrong. Yep. There you go. I'm sorry. Uh, Ariel Pant. So, yeah, Ariel Ballet. So we have to on, produce a lot of content for this show. Yeah. It was on Ariel right. Ballet and uh, did not really have any success until it was picked up for Midnight Cowboy, um, after which it hit number six on the charts. That album is good, by the way. Aerial Ballet is a good album. That's uh, all right. It's no Nelson Smilson. No. Nil- it's no Nelson Nilsson Schmilson. Nielsen Smilson. Nielsen. I wish he had better ratings. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, old, the old Nielsen ratings jokes, those don't um, hit anymore, do they? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <God>. Our, <laughs> yep. Well, it, in a movie for boomers, I guess that's apt. <laughs> Um, they even have the, the. Not only do they have that super lazy like music cue here, uh, but they even have Christ. them rip off the line from Dustin Hoffman too. Yes, they. However, let me defend that line at least. Uh, I think the on. line is more defensible than the song. They're both bad. They're I both. They're both. Disagree. They are both lazy, just pure recognition humor stabs. Yeah, you can't talk about one without the other, really. But they're. But, but they're both. That's the point. They're both. In the, Here's what it is. It, both of them are just, hey, Midnight Cowboy is a thing. Remember Midnight Cowboy? Boomers, do ya? <laughs> but in the in in it like in 1971, in New York City, with with Lieutenant Dan walking around, he's probably seen Midnight Cowboy. He, like he's referencing it, which it's, makes more sense to me than the movie referencing it. Does ju- that make sense? Yes, it's still uh, dumb. It's still dumb. You think well that came out in what sixty nine? Yeah, yeah. So this two would, years would, later. So would he have been in? Would he have been? How long has he been back in the states? Uh, I do not know the answer. Like to that. I mean, would you? Would, Pro- quite would a he while been in the states since sixty nine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, 
And do you sure. think Lieutenant Dan's going down to the theater to watch Midnight Cowboy? He's going to see Deep Throat and all the porno movies. That's what Lieutenant Dan's doing. <sighs> That's fair. I don't know what else is he doing. Like I, I'm sure we he see probably... what we. He tells us, and we see drinking. Have, you've not seen this movie, have you? Drinking and <laughs> he literally he literally says he's living off the government teat. Yes, he does. Um, he's get he's drinking. Working yep. on his arms. <laughs> I don't know if that's in this minute, but he says he's exercising his arms or whatever. Well, that's a drinking joke. Oh. Well, <laughs> I guess I get that. <laughs> I, I I agree, though. I agree. In general, the whole Midnight Cowboy references are lazy, but I'm just saying that one without the other, if you're going to do one without the other, the I'm walking here makes more sense with so, the story. So you, the you're applying movie. the fetish rule to this. you got to pick one. You gotta pick one. <laughs> but, yep, <laughs> you can't double reference. You can only single reference. All right. Otherwise, I'll, you're lazy. I'll allow it. Um, so we go we go back to to uh, uh, Dan's apartment. It's pretty lit. It's Forrest and him. <laughs> Mike's didn't have any vacancy. Yeah, <laughs> watching uh, a Bob Hope special. It looks like. Uh, uh, it's over- uh, it's Christmas Eve, I believe. Okay. I don't know anything about bob hope like he, he was it's just like pervasive in the culture like all all i know about bob hope is that he did like these shows for veterans you know i mean i know he did those uh bing crosby road to whatever movies yes um like road to like rio road to morocco road, yeah um i he even like in the 80s i think he was way out of our age group is there any reason for somebody in this year 2020 for someone to say i'm going to go check out some old bob hope routines like is there any chance that it holds up or is well i don't ever see film twitter talking about those road to whatever movies so yeah i mean like i kind of feel like i mean he like i think he's just a guy who was really great at being like um listen we don't know what we're talking about like i think he was he he came up. Didn't he? Did he host up the, in the Oscars? Radio era. He came up in the radio era. Right? Yeah, he hosted yeah. the Oscars. Like I, I don't know, probably even more than Billy Chris Silver did. Like a yeah. lot. Um, N- I, noted I showcase think... for genuinely funny people hosting yes. the o- Oscars. Um, and you know he, he did a lot he, of military stuff. He had a lot of he... golf humor, which is like a greatest generation boomer trademark. Yes. Yeah, but um, he's not even really a boomer comedian. He's no, a, I mean older boomers and like greatest generation. Like he was big and like I feel like his heyday was like the forties and fifties and then he kinda did this like he did a lot of USO stuff and these kind of specials for the rest of his life. Yeah. Right. Uh I mean and I know there's the Bob Hope classic, which is yeah. <laughs> which uh, is a golf event. But so I I'll say that this, I'm with this, you. I don't know a whole lot. The sense I'm getting is we don't need to seek out a lot of Bob Hope stuff. I, I hope listen, not. Listeners, if there's some Bob Hope content we need to get to, let us know. Post yeah. on our Facebook group. We'll, I feel uh, like if anyone would know, it's Jim. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jim, I, w- looking for I was going to say, um, shout out to our favorite boomers, Jim and Bridget. Tell, <laughs> tell us. They're glancing up at their Bob Hope poster as they're listening <laughs> to it right now. <laughs> please, please tell us the good Bob Hope bits that we can look up. <laughs> Oh boy! I'll dig out um, my VCR if you want to send me your VHS tapes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we have we have this 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 ta- this. They're watching this on Christmas, and uh, it kind of spins into a conversation about religion between uh, Lieutenant Dan and Forrest. 
Which, I'll be honest, guys, I don't like this scene. Uh, I think, again, Gary Sinise is really good. He's trying. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, it just, there's not a whole lot to go with here. Like, no. It, it, it's just, it's just kind of this weird scene that we've seen a hundred times. Yeah, it's, it's it, the the al- alcoholic who just wa- wanders around their apartment, picking up empty bottles, looking at it, and then throwing them. This is probably the fiftieth time that's yeah. been done in a movie, and is just is dismissive of uh, anyone trying to help him, and dismissive. You know, it's and as we'll see later on, is you know, oh, dismissive of religion, but then later kind of gets it. So, well, and with I, this even. Even this this conversation, like from a Forrest standpoint, like what is Forrest's view on religion? It's it's He's going difficult to, to f- yeah. Well, we're gonna way later in the movie we're gonna get to that, and I get angry even thinking about it because because I mean it, let's let's not get to that yet. I haven't seen this movie, but um, <laughs> you know he, he there's this like two kind of things that happen here with force and this is the thing of force is generally he's kind of pretty literal in his answers right so uh you know lieutenant dan asked him if he's found jesus and Forrest responds with like don't know i was supposed to look for him and you're like all right so is he just sort of like i have no idea you know religion means nothing to me i don't think anything about it but then later on in this conversation when they talk about heaven he you know pretty assuredly says that he's going to be going to heaven so it's like what is Forrest at this point, 1971, hanging out uh, with Lieutenant Dan? Like, what is, like, we didn't really see his mom wasn't necessarily religious. His dad got killed by some cr- banana crate. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, well, what is, what is, at this point, like, is Forrest just essentially probably was told by his mom, you're a great kid, do the right things, and you'll go to heaven, and that's yeah, probably his worldview. No, it's yeah. like the classic, like, American Protestant way of doing religion where, um, everything's going to work out. Everything that goes well for me is because of God's grace. I don't actually have to sacrifice anything. I don't actually have to do anything. Yeah. It okay. just like, I'm a Christian, but like, in what way are you a Christian? Uh, I just yeah. am. As in they, they, they believe in God and they believe in uh, going to heaven. But outside of that, you don't really need to spend it, much more like, time. It on is, help. as you point out, it is very contradictory and weird that we go from forest making a gag but I don't know. I was supposed to be looking for him, and then we yep. go to well, I'm going to heaven. It's like okay, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's what that's what was. That's this is this is like of. this is like the first time in the movie where Forrest comes off as a pretentious a hole. <laughs> like oh, all right. Yeah, it it. I I kind of I'm with you a little bit because like he's not like. <laughs> He's not helpful to Lieutenant Dan in this like segment we're watching, Except right? Except where he goes to buy him liquor, yeah, well, which even is that's a solid. not helpful. <laughs> well, well, he's being a pal. Well, yeah. true, but you know what I mean. Like he's he's he, this this friend of his is in real hard times, and so far he's watched him slide down the ice <laughs> for eight seconds. I mean, if you're going to criticize his enabling behavior, I mean, Duff and I did this podcast with you. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the The digital version of this is just you guys pushing me on my podcast wheelchair from one episode <laughs> to another. <laughs> hey, I'm podcasting here. Uh, uh, so, Duff, they need a guest in uh, Out of Africa Minute. Will you do it with me? <laughs> out Yeah, so so again, just shout out to Out of Africa Minute. 
just again, this is the most stereotypical, unnuanced view of veterans that like just like uh, why are there empty bottles right next to the TV? <laughs> I mean, he's an alcoholic. It's not a big place. Yeah. No. Um so this is I mean, I'm trying to not be a negative Nancy. Um but th- th- these last couple weeks have been rough in, yeah. in that regard. Can uh, I can I point out before we I would assume we're moving on to the next Yeah. Moment? Uh, Sinise really has that uh, Jason Lee from Almost Famous look going here in this scene. <laughs> like he looks like he's in uh, um, Stillwater. Stillwater, yeah. Kind of looks a little like uh, Chris Cornell. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Um, so Soundgarden <laughs> Soundgarden songs yeah. are more nuanced than this portrayal here. And uh, <laughs> like Force has kind of like that white rapper jumpsuit thing going on here. Too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh man. Um so we sort of have <laughs> He's a beastie boy. <laughs> it's a beastie boy and Chris Cornell hung out on Christmas. <laughs> to be I mean that sounds pretty cool to me actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was fun. So, hopefully it was more fun than this moment here. So our next sequence before we get to it is them on New Year's Eve in a bar. What yes. do they do for the rest of the week? I probably what we saw here. Yeah, just watching TV and having some watching drinks. TV and drink like, man. is just Forrest watching him get drunk. Well, you know, I think I think to be fair, um, the thing that's like, you know, how old are Forrest and and Lieutenant Dan at this point? Like late twenties. They're supposed to be like late twenties. Yeah. So like yeah. you know, listen, they're just living that dude's rock lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, In New York, they're, they're podcasting. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could go to. Joe and I's late twenties, and there's plenty of times where All we right. were just like drinking beer, watching, like ordering pizza, and watching football. Ace Ventura. <laughs> that's in our thirties. Uh, okay. All right. That, that's not that's, my that's, choice. That's that's fair. I think I forget because Gary Sneeze looks like he's forty here. <laughs> no, I think that's easy to, to forget in general for both. But like they're they're like yeah, you they're, know they're they were youngish. Yeah, they're in their late twenties, mid to late twenties. So, so off they go to New Year's, and uh, Forrest tells Lieutenant Dan that he's going to be a shrimp boat captain, and Lieutenant Dan just laughs him off and uh, kind of tells him, like, you know, if you're going to do that, once you become that, I'm going to become, I'll be your first mate, because, you know, he doesn't buy that Forrest is actually going to do this. Forrest is uh, rocking a Dr. Pepper on New yeah. Year's Eve. Uh, have, uh, I would love to know, has anyone ever been able to order a Dr. Pepper at a bar? Not in a bottle. <laughs> well, I mean, well, this you can't is really buy any soda. I mean, a this is the seventies. Everything would be in a bottle. They didn't really start canning. But yeah, um, like, do you? Th- <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I would think like Dr Pepper would sometimes be on a tap, right? I don't know. Only maybe a bar restaurant, but there's a straight up like corner tap. Yeah, this is yeah. a bar where there's not even like pretzels. This is just booze. Sure, and this is before drunk driving was bad. <laughs> right. Well, no one drives in New York. This anyways. is That's this true. is uh, you know uh, it makes you drive a little better actually. Uh, so we hear. have we have uh, two. Can I can I do a quick shout out to uh, one thing I like in, lurking in the background? And this actually stretches back to the Midnight Cowboys uh, Midnight Cowboy sequence. A lot of great old beer signs. Uh, I was yes. gonna say in the, the highlight sign. 
We have Old Milwaukee uh, and uh, and Stroh's and Schlitz uh, yep. neon signs Schlitz. in the uh, liquor store that they go by. Uh, then in the bar, uh, my hometown beloved uh, champagne of beers is uh, immediately seen. Yep. Um, Iroquois beer, which I'm not familiar with, but that's I'm guessing that's a New York State beer, given uh, that it's I called Iroquois beer. But I would I guess. Know. I don't know. Not familiar. I mean, do you guys ever think – I sometimes think about how, like, our parents, for sure, like, their beer choices during their, like, 20s – They had, like, five, and they all tasted t- exactly the same. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like, which of these, you know, four beers do you want? You, you had about – you had about the same amount of beers and TV networks. <laughs> like That's, they're related. The number of beers versus number of TV networks. And they're all the same. Yep. That's <laughs> mm. true. Uh, so we have two new people show up here. Two new characters. We have Cunning Carla and Long Limb Lenore. <laughs> Who's your friend? <laughs> and uh, I don't want to. I don't want was it, it was it what is it long limbed Lenore long limb Lenore and cunning Carla <laughs> uh which Choose your uh, fighter. <laughs> uh both wearing fur by the way yeah are I'm not I'm trying not to like be judgmental but I think these might be ladies of the night guys uh is lieutenant Dan their pimp I don't think no, so no I don't think that I just it I, I kind of assumed that's some. That's well, where some of his money went. In the next scene, they they're gonna hook up, and they like start laughing at him when he falls out of his wheelchair. And a, a lady of the night wouldn't do that. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're you, right. He'd be more professional. That's like rule that. number one: is you just put up with it, no matter how funny. Yep. Um, <laughs> no Duff knows that funny. from his sex worker days. Uh, from my from my seventies. That's why. Grit. That's why he's such a big midnight cowboy. From fan. my from my seventies New York pimp days. His uh, his alter ego is American Duffalo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Okay, all right. Well, then I I take back what I said. Now, guys, at uh, I don't really have a whole lot on this segment. However, Lieutenant Dan in this conversation with Forrest mentions as a joke the idea of being an astronaut. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. In mm. the sequence. Well, oh, guess what they do next? I have some news for you guys. Um, I have a lot of book content because there's a lot. Oh, I thought you were talking about Apollo 13. Nope. Nope. This this too. I do remember from the book. So once again, these are my notes from the book that I read. At this point, it would have been uh, six months ago. So one thing I don't know if I've mentioned previously is that Forrest in the book is a math genius. A savant, and, if you will. Yeah, a savant. There you go. And he ends up working for NASA and becomes an astronaut. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> and him, a woman whose name I don't remember. I feel like it was like a German woman, like Helga or something, but I don't remember. Um, and an orangutan go up in space. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember, I do remember the orangutan's name is Sue. That's Ra- what do you call it? It's not orangutan. Orangutan. No. <laughs> it rhymes. It's supposed to be like orangutan. orangutan. They drink tang in space. Orang- and then there's an orangutan. Orangutan or orangutan? I've always said orangutan. Joe? 
It's orangutan. All right. And, okay. I'm going to change this whole thing. Forrest, <laughs> this woman, and an ape yes. go up in space. Maybe it's an orangutan. Maybe it's an orangutan. Maybe, maybe, maybe more than one is, is acceptable. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and the... Uh, the uh, I'm going to say ape now because now I'm all self-conscious about it. They're up in space. This is, I, guys, I can't believe any of this that I'm telling you guys. <laughs> I and, hope I'm not wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, I love orangutans. So, I hope I'm not wrong. Uh, from Wikipedia, it says, says also spelled orang utan, orangutan, or orang utang. So I feel mm. like the. the uh, so uh, we're any, all right. I we're all right. We're, I think we're all good. All right. So I'm saying orangutan then. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the orangutan. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about how the word sounds now. Uh, while they're up in space, starts pissing all <laughs> over in the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And just floating around? And while, yeah, which causes the it spaceship to malfunction. Out. No, I don't want it to get hurt. And it starts to crash. Luckily. So let, let me see if I remember this correctly. Uh, Wait a second. Come on. So. So they go up into space, and the yeah. the ape pisses everywhere, and yes. the, so the spacecraft uh, malfunctions, and as I recall, they successfully land on an island of cannibals. Yes. What? So who the wrote rank- this book? <laughs> Winston Groom. What they- is its deal? Have we talked about the author yet? Uh, no, we have not. We need to do an, an episode just on this author. Can we do they- that? They we need to figure out what this guy's deal is. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I hear, like I, I think I've read this. Like, oh, the original was like this great satire of, like, the dark side of Amer- of the boomer era. I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I do not know about this. The after the spacecraft starts to crash, the orangutan saves him with his parachute. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> and they land on an island. This but unfortunately, mo- this stuffs it full of cannibals. This turned into Dunstan checks in. <laughs> <laughs> full of cannibals. So they are, I don't even understand why I have this, but they are prisoners uh, on to the cannibals and they have to, and they, and they farm cotton on the island. Oh my God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Until, they're... do you remember how they're, do you remember how they're saved? No, this I do not remember. Pygmies show oh, up and no. stop kill it. the cannibals. Stop it. <laughs> so the pygmies show up and they kill the cannibals, but ultimately just end up capturing the three space people. Well, when I say people, I mean forest, a woman, and an orangutan. This is it's this book sounds like the stream of consciousness story of a child, but the child is on meth. Like yeah, so, someone gave a child like uh, <laughs> mushrooms. Yeah, like if it, Rob, if you gave your son half a bottle of Nyquil and then put a recorder on, you get the book. That's probably true. You, you probably get true. You get the novel Forrest Gump. Um, and so they Wait, get captured. Winston Groom sounds like the name of a great ape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. They uh they get captured by the pygmies and they it takes them four years but then they're eventually able to escape from the pygmies. Four, four years. years. Mm-hmm. How and do they so, escape? I don't remember, Joe. I I and, and there's what do still... they think of four years later that they didn't think of one year later? <laughs> 
just opportunity. I don't know, man. Something came up, but they were able to get away. So that is what happens in the book. Um, Duff, do you have any other songs that we didn't talk about? Uh, no, we we only have everybody's talking, but this... okay, incorrect. Whoa. I was worried this would happen. Oh, we, no. you can tell what. Oh, the song are, is do you want to talk about uh, Silent Night? <laughs> no, you can tell what song is playing in the background of the bar. Uh it's the Supreme Stoned Love. Oh, that's right, that's right. I, you're, you're right. I, do you have info on the Supreme Stoned Love? I can say the song's an absolute stone cold banger. It's it's one of the best songs on the soundtrack for sure. What um, is it actually on the CD soundtrack, Rob? I don't remember. Uh, at a glance, I, I believe I think believe it, that is. it is. Yes, yeah. it's on disc. All right, two. well, you you caught me. Uh, I'll I'll go back you and see, revisit. Stone you must Love. know about the Supremes. You're a music I mean, I, expert. I, I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know about Diana Ross and how, like, the Supremes had just a string of hits and were made tons of money and gold records for Motown and then Diana and then Diana Ross went off and did her solo thing choose one would you rather have a world with where the Supremes don't exist and their influence is never felt Diana Ross is not important in our world or a world without Supreme pizza <laughs> uh, Supreme pizza meaning like peppers mushrooms sausage like yeah isn't that the the general supreme pizza that's what i'm asking like is there is there a universal yeah (laughs) well now that i say that is supreme pizza just a thing that jacks had or was that like a real real, i'll tell you this i would much rather have the supremes than jack's pizza (laughs) (laughs) oh boy um traditionally traditionally it is topped According to SliceLife.com. <laughs> SliceLife! Is this Rob's site? <laughs> Pe- pepperoni, sausage, bell peppers, onions, and olives. Yeah. So which would you rather have life without? Oh. Supreme Pizza and all of its influence felt across the world or the Supremes? Uh, Supreme Pizza is pretty good, but it's not my favorite pizza. So I'd, I'd pick the group, the Supremes. I know your answer, Rob. Well, no, I actually struggle with this because... I don't know where Supreme Pizza fits in in the chronological order of pizza inventions. Like, did Supreme Pizzas result in all sorts of other varied pizza flavors? Uh, <laughs> You're the scholar yeah, here. In this these are these are bold questions. I don't know if I can answer. All right, we'll post a poll on Facebook about uh, what you'd rather uh, have, Supremes so or Supreme Pizza. So I have, I don't know where exactly we are chronologically, but I feel like this is a good point to bring it up. Um, Midnight Cowboy was 1969, so I think yep. we're about there. Oh, no, we do. We saw the moon landing. So, yeah, this is like 1971 yeah, So we're, we're in right 1969 now. into 1970, assume, assuming. No, because the Show happened, and that would have been in 71. Okay, so... We see Forrest encounter so much stuff. Don't you think it's odd that Forrest didn't end up at Woodstock? Yeah. Given given yes. the pe- given the boomer pedigree of this movie, or yes. that Jenny, we didn't have a scene of Jenny at Woodstock. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. So e- either one missed opportunity for another terrible thing to happen to her. <laughs> so, uh. Going off that, I thought of a bit that I want to see in Forrest Gump is I want to see 
uh, I want to see Forrest go to Altamont in late 1969. <laughs> okay. and yeah, I, all these motorcycle men were at yeah, the front of the stage. I, I want to see. I want to see that Forrest uh, is like, "There's someone up there causing trouble. You should go check it out, Hell's Angel." <laughs> <laughs> you were nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Any, uh, th- you're right. I mean, that we've talked about this before, but like outside of the John Lennon thing, that's kind of the. Oh, I guess Elvis. Those are the Elvis, two music yeah. things that happen. Yeah, but it's it's just weird since that's like the apex of like boomer '60s counterculture stuff. But I, I do, I guess it is true that that would be a more of a Jenny thing. And I should make it clear, I wasn't trying to catch you with. Uh, oh, you caught him! Got him! Yeah, got him! No, I wasn't me. trying. I just I I didn't notice it till about. I There's a lot of effing songs, guys. So about like 10 minutes before we recorded, I was rewatching it quick, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I could figure out what song that is. That Yeah, it is on the soundtrack. So did you ask Kazam? <laughs> no. You mean you mean Shazam? I asked. Uh, oh, Shazam. You, <laughs> you, you were referring Kazam. to the Shaquille O'Neal genie. <laughs> or wasn't Kazam like a torrent thing, too? Yes, uh, it was Kazam. It was, yes. Uh, Kazam or LimeWire were the kind of the pred- – the, well, the – after and after got shut down those were the ones yep. um do you guys have anything else on uh on uh this segment with the uh, the lieutenant dan um Forrest antics Gump. <laughs> antics Pratt falls that occur yep um well listeners you can go to gump minute uh we are a gump minute on twitter and facebook you can go to the facebook group called box of chocolates at forcegumpminute.com slash on R- rob's weird pizza question yeah <laughs> And uh, who do you prefer, people or pizza? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to give us money or hear some things that might not make an episode or all those sorts of uh, perks we give to people, you can go to patreon.com slash the midnight boys. And you could uh, rate and review us on wherever you listen to podcasts at, even if it's Apple Podcasts, just, right, Duff? Yeah, just give us five stars wherever. Yep, Sti- five stars. Wherever. Are we on Stitcher? Uh, yes. All right, give us five stars on Stitcher. All right, we'll be back uh, next week. Happy the days while I'm mending the nets Till once more they ride high